1: Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast.
0: Go, no, go, no, go no with a smile! Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Hall of Justice. Lot to catch up on. We have a fun episode for you this week. This is episode 301. The saga of 300 has come and gone. It was such a pleasure having Phil Morris. I mean, the amount of stuff we talked about and the fact that he didn't want to talk about his biggest role, Seinfeld, until the end, he'd rather talk about comics. He debated Man of Steel. (laughs) He was fantastic. Uh, He reached out to me after we released the podcast. He followed me on Twitter and said, if I'm ever in need of another guest, he'd happy to come back. Uh, He also wants to be the 400th guest. So if we do 99 more episodes uh phil morris is a pretty good idea for number 400 he was great as 300 you know a lot's been going on with warner brothers and uh warner brothers discovery is what it's now called uh we did this episode a couple of weeks ago dc and marvel and we compared and contrasted but uh really the the breakup of the Arrowverse has been very very interesting um first it was arrow which had run its course uh, the cancellation this past summer of Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow uh, caused some, some waves. They also announced that The Flash is going to have its last season. The whole television model has changed during the course of The Flash's run, or The Arrowverse's run. Now everything is highly produced, short episodes. Uh, there's Everything is highly produced and shorter episodes per season. Uh, Case in point, She-Hulk, Case in Point, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, all the Marvel shows, uh, Umbrella Academy, The Boys. You've you've seen these shows come out, and the Arrowverse was producing 20, 22, 24 episodes a season. And I thought the story writing suffered. One show that has had an interesting journey is Stargirl. Stargirl premiered its first season in May of 2020 right when COVID hit on an app called DC Universe and right before its premiere they said that Stargirl was going to have it was going to premiere on DC Universe but then it was going to go to the CW then DC Universe folded HBO Max became a thing Stargirl is now on HBO Max but it's still on the CW now exclusively so it premieres on the cw and then when the season's over it goes over to hbo max the second season was subtitled summer school and it was cool it it premiered in august of 2021 and it took place in between the school years these kids are in high school with all the cancellations and then the, the delay of superman and lois and the flash season nine which is its last season the only DC-related show on the CW is Stargirl Season 3. Now, is Stargirl in the Arrowverse? Sort of. During the Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, Stargirl exists on a parallel Earth. They share Jay Garrick. It's Jay Garrick's Earth. And Stargirl follows Courtney Whitmore, who discovers the cosmic staff and becomes Stargirl. And they recreate... The old superhero team, the Justice Society of America. Breck Bassinger plays Courtney, who's Stargirl. And our guest today plays Wildcat, Yvette Monreal. Straight from the comics, she debuted in March of 1985. In the comics, her godfather is Ted Grant, who was Wildcat in the 1940s. During the crisis on Infinite Earth in the comics, uh, Ted Grant was crippled. And uh, Yolanda Montez becomes Wildcat to you know essentially become the new superheroine. On the TV show, Yolanda is a popular student at the high school that they go to. Uh, then there's this scandal. She becomes an outcast, a disgrace. You remember the episode in season one where uh, Yolanda takes a risque photo, sends it to a guy, and she has deeply Catholic parents. And they don't like it, and she becomes this outcast. And then all of a sudden, uh, Courtney you know, recruits her to become the new Wildcat. She wants to recreate the Justice Society of America, and she becomes the new Wildcat. This isn't the first cast member that we've had from Stargirl on this podcast. Way back, episode 187, uh, we had uh, Nelson Lee, who played Dragon King in season one. Dragon King's daughter is in this show, playing Cindy Berman. She's the daughter of uh, Dragon King, uh, played by Meg DeLacy. Perhaps the the thing about Stargirl that hooks me, and it's why I have been loyal with this show, first of all, I'm a completist. I make no secret about it. If it's even remotely adjacent to the Arrowverse, I'm going to see it. But the show was created by Jeff Johns. Jeff is a guy that uh, I know through social media, He was the uh, chief creative officer of DC Entertainment from 2010 to 2018, president and CCO from 2016 to 2018. Jeff was a uh, former co-chairman of DC Films and the uh, co-runner of the DC Extended Universe. That's Man of Steel, Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Shazam, Birds of Prey, Aquaman. Uh, He also wrote the screenplay for Wonder Woman 1984, He co-developed the Flash TV show. He also co-developed Doom Patrol, uh, created and produced the TV series Batwoman. Superman and Lois is also with him. His television work includes Smallville, Arrow. I I mean, Jeff Johns is a focal point of everything that you see from DC. He's supposedly producing the new Green Lantern series for HBO Max. But there's a personal aspect to Stargirl connected to jeff johns and we're going to talk to yvette about this in just a moment jeff johns younger sister courtney was a victim of the twa flight 800 crash happened in 1996 12 minutes after takeoff from jfk airport it was a a flight to rome and all 230 people on board died in that crash and jeff johns very publicly created the superhero courtney whitmore star girl based on his younger sister so that resonated with me it was interesting to me to see that and know that and it's kind of why i've been very very interested in where this show goes especially now with all the changes going on at the cw with the sale and what happens to it if if this is it for star girl i'm interested if they do more i'm interested in that too So that brings us to our guest today. Yvette Monreal grew up in California. Uh, She's been acting for a number of years. She's not that old, so she's been acting since 2013. Uh, She's appeared in Matador. She was in MTV's show Faking It. Uh, She was also in Rambo's Last Blood as John Rambo's caretaker's granddaughter. She is half Chilean and half Mexican and always loved Halle Berry's role in Catwoman. And that's something I want to definitely ask her about. So let's welcome in Yvette Monreal, Wildcat, on the TV show Stargirl. Yvette, thank you so much for doing this. Congratulations on season three of Stargirl. I, I imagine you're you're in the midst of production, but it's going to get to be seen by people again. That must be a wild experience.
1: Yes, I can't believe it's already been three seasons. It's wild. I mean, it's been the best time just being able to go back to all these wonderful castmates and you know, my showrunner is amazing. The writers are fantastic and it's been a blast, especially filming with new people too. Like Joel's back. That's yeah. awesome. That was a good time. So <laughs> we can't wait to show you guys. Honestly, it's going to be so fun.
0: The, um, the shows it, it's been interesting. You know, it's had 76 different networks. Uh, first it was <laughs> DC universe. Then it was uh, CW and then HBO and then this one and this one. And it seems to have found its audience. What does that say about the quality of the show? And what does it say about the idea that in this modern era, it doesn't really matter what it's on. It's just a matter of is it able to be seen?
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the show is just so diverse and demographic. And I feel like it really is able to be like you can watch it with anybody. You can watch it with your little brother, your little sister, with your grandmother. I mean, there's someone for everyone. So I think. And it's family friendly. I think people just like watching a feel good show. And that's what our show's about. So, yeah, I think that's why it's worked so well. Yeah, there's
0: no secret. It's 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 for a younger demographic. I mean, there there's there's no question about it. And the idea what I like about the first two seasons. Now, I haven't seen season three is I mean, the stakes are high, but it doesn't feel like. Boy, I wish Superman was around because boy, you guys could use the help. Like it seems like everything the the level of the 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 fight or the combat is within the realm of what you guys can handle.
1: Yeah, are you talking about our physical fights on the show? I
0: I just think the idea that that, you know, from a storyline standpoint and the physicality of the whole thing, it just seems like this, you know, the the scope of everything is it's it's big for the city. It's big for the situation right then and there, it's not a world changing event. That's one of the things that superhero shows fall into a trap of is mm-hmm. the stakes are so high. You're like, well, wait a second. Where's Tony Stark? Like what, <laughs> where, where, where where's all the, nobody's watching star girl and saying, boy, I wish somebody else was there.
1: Uh, gotcha. I think, I think that's absolutely correct. I mean, we have all the right people working on the show. I mean, Jeff Johns, he's, you know, he comes from cinema. He knows comic books like the back of his hand and um he he makes sure that like we're doing it right like even with even even with our stunt people like he makes sure that walter garcia our stunt coordinator is on the show because he knows that like quality is important and that's what the viewers want to see and it's all there i think i think honestly we're in such good hands
0: you, you mentioned jeff johns and uh, you know i've known jeff for a while um Stargirl is a dedication to his sister. Uh, I'm yes. sure you know that story. How did you find that out? When did you find that out when you were first hearing about the show and thus the, the there's such a strong emotional connection with that character?
1: Uh, I think it was when I auditioned for it and they told me that I was going to get a call back. I started doing a little more digging and researching Stargirl and what it was about. And I saw that it was a tribute to his sister and how he wanted to keep her legacy alive. And, um, that just made it 10 times more better for me. I love being a part of projects that are really, really important and people who are passionate about it. And it just, I, that's just like a sweet spot for me, you know, like it just makes me want to do that much better for the person, for everyone involved. Um, but yeah, I was in, I was in Europe. I was filming a movie at the time and then I was told that I was going to have a meeting with Jeff Johns and Melissa Carter uh, just because with callback circumstances, I wasn't able to make it. So they, when they tested me, um, I had to have a like a little conference with them and they told me a little bit more about wildcat and everything. And it was just, honestly, it was like meant to be from the beginning. I just felt so comfortable with them and the meeting went amazing and I just retaped for them and, Next thing you know, they told me I was a part of it, and it was just super special. And I felt like I had really big shoes to fill. Not like, you know, being Star Girl. Obviously, Breck Bastinger, she's doing such an amazing job with,
0: sure, with filling sure.
1: Courtney Whitmore's shoes. But, but yeah, I also felt like, okay, this is a really important project, and we're going to do the best we can.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you about that. You know, a funny uh, story. Uh, Matt Ryan was on the podcast, and he played uh, Constantine and yeah. and we talked you know extensively about you know what did he know about john constantine he said he he like raided a comic book store and just <laughs> said i need everything i know about about who this guy is now that's a little extreme but when you heard that wildcat had such a history and that wildcat is really from the golden age of comics i mean there are oh. people see you know you talk about how the show skews younger but i get the sense that because of all the callbacks to the old school Justice Society, uh, just it just seems to me that there's an older demographic of comic book people that gravitate towards the show. I mean, I don't necessarily fit the demographic for this show, but I know all the names of all the people you are because I saw them in comic books.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially when I went to Comic-Con in Chicago, I saw people as young as five years old and people as old as, you know, like 70 years old. There was... There was <laughs> so many ages that this this show just like can relate to i feel like there's so many people who just um i don't know they just they love it it's family you know friendly and and everyone just has a good time watching it i don't know i think they've done a good job with just making it a good show and pleasant to watch
0: since we can't talk about season 3 cuz I, I haven't seen it you know all about it so you're you know you're not going to spoil it here. i
1: actually haven't seen it myself so
0: uh-oh
1: yeah isn't that funny i'm just going to be on the renegotiate right there with you.
0: yeah yeah you got to <laughs> renegotiate um tell us i saw
1: the first episode the, the
0: you know the storyline with with yolanda um and how she didn't want to be wildcat uh for a while um and had to embrace that what about the idea of playing a supporting character that also has such a strong arc.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like they've really gone into every character and really like fleshed every character out. They know that my strong suit is, um, more on the dramatic side. So they've been able to give me this, this like really huge emotional storyline of, of this traumatic response that Yolanda gets from killing brainwave. And I thought, yep. I mean, I loved it. I, I thought it was amazing and I had a good time doing it working with Henry and a brainwave again for, you know, for the second time. in The second season was awesome. And, um, yeah, they just kind of play on my strong suit. I think they do that with every character. Uh, and that just goes to show like they really pay attention to not only the characters, but to who we are as people. And they just tie it in together, which is really nice.
0: And the idea that, you know, they wrote into the story, a a Latin character. I mean, you're 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 half uh, what I did my reading here. You're half Mexican and half Chilean. Am I saying that? Yeah. Okay.
1: that's that's correct.
0: (laughs) So 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 but they have to write that into the script. You know what I mean? It's not just that you're this actress like there's this this idea that they wanted to bring this kind of diversity to the character. That's a conscious decision. Uh, Just what about the idea of being one of the rare Latin characters in a superhero show?
1: I mean, when I first heard that I was cast, is it a a lot of people were telling me this, like, oh, you know, there's not that many Latina superheroes on TV, and I, I didn't really realize that. So it made me, it made me feel this responsibility, but also I was really excited to be that representation four little girls who didn't have like a Latina actress who was a superhero growing up. Cause I know I didn't. Um, I always looked up to, you know, Catwoman or, you know, the male figures like Batman. I watched that, the Riddler, Jim Carrey. That was really, you know, just, I just looked at all those, um, superhero shows and it, there wasn't much diversity. So now being able to represent that, it, it really is special to me. So special.
0: That's good. And it's good. It's great to hear. I read somewhere just doing some research that you were a fan of the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. I, yeah. I, I do not know anybody in any age group that has referenced that one. A lot of people talk about Michelle <laughs> Pfeiffer. You were, you went Halle Berry. Tell me about that choice.
1: I mean, that was just something that was on when I was growing up, like my parents, my brothers, my older brothers, I, I it's not like a choice that I put on, but like, when they did put it on in the in our household, we all would sit down and watch movies together. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's such a badass female. She is Catwoman. She was sexy. She was strong. You know, it was just everything that I liked in 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 her character. And it was it was just fun. It was it was awesome. She did so well with that character.
0: What about the idea that uh, season three now comes in? Uh, you guys have a, a big season planned and, you know, there's all this question mark about, you know, the future of DC and, and whether or not you guys can keep going and, and, and represent uh, you know, the, the, the demographic very well with all the questions with the CW and things like that. All you guys can do is put together a, a solid show. How do you think season three sizes up compared to seasons one and two?
1: Honestly, season one was was one of my favorite shows to shoot but season three I had the most fun shooting I think it's because I don't know I was much more comfortable season three I mean we have such a large cast this time too and they have a good way of like tying everybody in you're not going to be like who's that again or who's that like especially first episode they let you know from the get-go like who's who and and you just instantly get reminded of everyone and and I don't know. It's, it was so fun to shoot. And like, there's more comedy, I think in season three, you know, it's a murder mystery and everyone loves those. Um, But yeah, I really, really had a good time shooting season three. I think people will really like it.
0: What about the the idea? You know, you mentioned Breck, um, just the idea that even though it is a ensemble show, you know, a lot of the burden falls on her. She's the, she's the one with the staff. She's the one that, you know, the show's named after. There's no secret about (laughs) that. Uh, Just tell me about the responsibility and the the bond that you guys have built over the course of three seasons.
1: I mean, we have just gotten closer and closer every season. She's honestly, she's younger than me, but I do look up to her in so many ways Like she's so responsible. She's very mature. I think she does a great job representing um, Courtney Whitmore. And I don't know. She's 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 so mentally like ready for all of this and it's just such a beautiful thing to see like I've learned so much from her and um and yeah we're we're, cl- we're as close as ever I just saw her this weekend we had a little shopping spree and right. <laughs> you know as light as it is off screen like on screen I think you know we really we really are there for each other during the good and the hard times because it does get hard on set it's very long hours it's arduous sometimes and And, you know, the fact that we're able to be there for each other, I think it's really helped us pull through a lot.
0: And also there's there's older characters as well. I mean, uh, Amy Smart is on the show. Luke Wilson's on the show. McHale, You reference. I mean, I'm just naming a uh, a few. Uh, These are people with some serious acting chops. I mean, that's the idea that, you know, there's the youngsters, but there's also this adult group and the original justice society and Mm -hmm. all of that and i think that's where this show has more than one demographic but tell me about what it's like to work with guys that i'm sure you've seen the movies maybe you saw community i mean that must be wild
1: yeah i mean honestly when i work with i've worked with luke a, a couple times you know throughout the three seasons that we've mm-hmm. that we've shot but he makes me i think because he's such a like veteran in this industry he makes me feel very calm i feel very comfortable like everyone's rooting for each other it's not like if we mess up we're over here in the you know we're over here in the corner just making fun of each other no like we're actually like do you need help with anything do you want to run do you want to run these lines do you need anything like we're oh, we're good. championing each other to the core just because it's you know, like, if one person's falling, then we're all, we're all gonna be there to pick them up. We have to, we have to support each other. So, it's, it's very family oriented on the show, you know, behind the scenes, as well as it comes across, like, on TV. So, maybe that's why, maybe that's why it's so family oriented. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But, yeah, we're, we're, it's, it's been great. It's been great working with Luke, Joel. He has some amazing improv comedy skills. He's so funny. Like, it was really hard not to. It was really hard not to break character in the beginning because he's just a funny guy. But then you kind of get used to it. You're like, okay, I know what's coming. I know how to prepare for this, and you just got to put a you know poker face on. But um, <laughs> and Amy, you know, she's the sweetest, most loving, most amazing human being I've ever met. She's she's the best. They're they're all so amazing. I'm I feel so lucky to be working with them because. I know sometimes I've heard things in the industry where like it can be bad and I haven't experienced that yet with this with this cast. So it's been great.
0: I remember, I remember Amy Smart on uh, Shameless and I was like and then she showed up on sh- uh, Stargirl and I was like, holy moly, that's a departure. Like, <laughs> what, what a- <laughs> hey, uh, before we let you go, uh, tell me about the costume. Um, Have they changed the costume that they, they made it? more comfortable, less comfortable. What's, what's the story? And do you get to ever take the mask home?
1: You know, I took a styrofoam cutout of the mask home just because those cowls are so expensive. And I'm sure like if they were to lose one, it would just be right. crazy. Right. But um, all of a sudden wildcat
0: a... be getting killed off. Right.
1: I know in the <laughs> beginning, in, in the beginning of the, when we first started shooting, um, I wasn't used to acting with my, with a mask on. And that hides a lot of my facial expressions. So I asked if I could, take the mask home I actually wanted the real one the real cowl but they're like no you know here you could have the star foam cut out one so I would practice at home my acting and my physicality and um and the suit actually I think it got a little touch up this season it you know there's a little lighter shade of blue on the chest area but I would say season one it was more hard to put on whereas now we just have a routine and it's just like one two three we know what to do there's a lot of layers that's why before it was like 40 minutes to put the suit on we've knocked it down to about 20 minutes so um yeah there's little scratches of the details on the on the suit which is really beautiful lj she was able to you know customize that and then there's little cute little paw feet they're so cute um yeah i really love my suit it's comfortable and it's really easy to put on so yeah
0: yeah, if you if you ever get wind uh, of of you know a final season, like, it could be season you know fifty six for all we care. <laughs> but just make sure that you, uh, you snag one of those masks because those are that that literally looks like it was drawn from the comic book. I mean, the attention oh. to detail. And I don't know if that's Jeff Johns. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not trying to take anybody Craig, uh, credit away, uh, Berlanti or Greg Beeman or any of the people who worked <laughs> on that show. But oh my God, are they loyal to the books?
1: Yeah, I think it was a good collaborative effort. You know, Jeff had his notes and LJ was there to create everything. LJ and her whole team. I mean, she has a whole village helping her. So it's yeah. really just a collaborative thing. But um, I know you're right. I definitely need that cow. Cal- I was able to, I was telling a couple other people in other interviews, I was able to snag a, um, a Thunderbolt pen. Nice. But that's because oh. there were so many. There's like 20 yeah, yeah, pens. Yeah. So I was like, I'm sure they won't miss one because they were doing this little trick in one of the scenes. And, um, they were just, they had pens everywhere. So I was like, you know what, this is going to be good for my, for my collection. So
0: that's right. And Jakeem, uh, Jakeem Williams, that's the, uh, the, the, the character's name, uh, Alcoya Brunson plays him, but, uh, Jakeem, I remember there's a Jakeem in a comic book. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Mm -hmm. I've said on the podcast before, uh, I wasn't a comic book reader as a kid. That wasn't my, I, oh. I like, I like cartoons. I mean, you know, I watched Batman and what, whatnot. So the super friends, but uh, I got involved in comics as a, in college because I got sent out to cover the death of Superman. The, the, the Superman died and I oh, was, a, wow. I was in college and they sent me to cover it. So I went to this comic book store and I was like, Oh my God, this is written for adults, like for young adults. This isn't, this isn't like kids stuff. And yeah, a lot of those characters I found in college and after college, and I remember seeing all these things. Yeah. But I see it from a different perspective. I didn't grow up with this, so you know, the stuff that's geared towards you know ages five to fifteen, that was never yeah. my thing. I was more the you know go to college. And I mean, you know, there might have been uh, some hallucinogens involved, but we would tape Batman <laughs> the animated series. And watch it in like midnight and like uh, all of us like all of us in the dorms like we we would sit and watch this show and it was incredible and that's when my affinity for the for, for this genre and i remember starting my career in sports radio and people would tell us we weren't allowed to talk about things like this like like real men don't talk about batman like you can't do that and just the idea that there's a star girl tv show Just the idea that there's, you know, the Justice Society of America on an actual television show that has an audience that has a following Mm -hmm. is remarkable. For for somebody like me, I am amazed that something like this is received as well as it is because, you know, it's, it's a complete transformation. We're truly living in this golden era of superhero stuff. There's there's superhero stuff all over the place
1: wow that was really inspiring what about the idea? <laughs> i really like that answer i was like wow i'm gonna go take a listen <laughs> don't put that in there i'm just kidding no, um, but that's awesome that's that's so cool that you connected at such a late you know like a later age and now you're just you're hooked
0: but what about the idea so so you play wildcat do you go out and see other superhero stuff and like yep i know how they did that and i know how they did that did you, is that something that you you now watch these things from a different perspective
1: Oh absolutely. I mean before a shooting I had no idea how much went into this and I realize now why like it takes so long to shoot, you know these 2 minute scenes, but especially when it comes to the physicality and the fighting scenes. Oh my gosh, like for a 2 minute scene it takes months of practice, months of choreography, it takes, you know, wire work and setting up. It's it's <laughs> it's a whole production. So sure. Yeah, I really respect. I I respect it ten times more. I didn't realize how much goes into it. So, but also, yeah, like when when people like when I see something on camera that people are like, how how did they do that? I'm always the one to try to explain it. Like, well, <laughs> and you know, people come to You're me like, too on
0: Star This is what we do it,
1: exactly. People come to me. They're like, how did they do that? And I, <laughs> I mean, most of the time, I do know. Um. So yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, it, it, it's pretty wild to see the, the proliferation. I remember when, uh, when you guys were just starting the, uh, the crisis, the CW's crisis mm, came out mm-hmm. and it was literally like, it was the ultimate in like super, they, they, they were going from universe to universe to universe to universe. And you were seeing all these people and the movie people were coming in and <laughs> it, it it was, it was bananas. And we were like, we are living in a time where, like they have fully embraced this stuff, and like I said, if you would have told me ten years ago they'd even have a star girl character, let alone a star girl television show, I, I think know. it's remarkable. And the Justice Society is on TV. That's that's pretty nuts too.
1: I know. I do feel really lucky to be a part of it all.
0: That's great. It's been
1: really great. It's been a good run. All right. You know, hopefully, me- we get more.
0: you you don't have to spoil it but tell me something great about season three for everybody listening to this that's now going to go on uh, i guess hbo max and watch the first two seasons to get ready for season three which just premiered tell tell me something great that's happening in season three
1: okay well season three obviously the fights are fantastic and there's going to be a bunch of them so (laughs) <laughs> um, get ready for that people always think like oh is the production value going to be less nope it's just as good as the first so all right get ready
0: how can people find you uh, online how can people uh, uh check you out how can they interact with you as they watch the show
1: uh you can find me on instagram yvette monreal it's right just on. at yvette monreal i do have twitter i don't go on it much but the same handle yvette monreal so i do try to twitter twitter or tweet live during the show.
0: What we usually say on the podcast is if there's anything that you heard that you have an issue with, do me a favor, reach out to Yvette directly and leave me the hell out of it. Uh, Yvette, thank you so much for doing this good luck with season three and good luck with everything that's in your career uh so you've already got quite a resume on, uh, for yourself and you have a, a, a great future ahead of yourself congratulations on all of it and uh, i look forward to keeping in touch come come back on the show
1: i appreciate it thank you so much you are honestly such a pleasure to speak with so thank you for your time as well
0: i appreciate it we might put that in a promo <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome go for it
0: all right, all right have
1: a good rest of your day
0: Thanks, see ya. Bye. Thank you. Yvette Monreal, she plays Wildcat here on Stargirl. Make sure you check out Stargirl on the CW, the CW app. I see it through Hulu, because I have Hulu with live TV, and so Stargirl comes on my app. That's how I check it out. It also goes on HBO Max. You can see the first two seasons there. I think they're three episodes in at the time of this uh, podcast. So unless you're listening to this in the future, and then you can tell us how the flying car is. Uh, Next week, we have more surprises, 302. We're just going to keep going with this podcast until you all tell me to stop. I'm not stopping yet. We'll see you next week.